0: Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very interesting show here today, let's broaden our minds, I want a cheeseburger, I want a milkshake, I want
1: tables arts and entertainment, and like
0: can, there is an academic type of word I can apply, verisimilitude, holy moly, I'm hot today,
1: it is let's talk arts and entertainment, news talk 94.7 and 978 WMAY, I am your host, Kevin Hart, and we got a really, really interesting show for you today. First, we're going to start off with Way Out Wednesday, talking about, oh, you don't even want to know, but you're going to find out. (laughs) Then, what's streaming with my favorite musical, West Side Story, and after that, I'm going to play a little music from West Side Story, just because I love hearing it then we break for news and after news I've got my interview with Gus Gordon talking about what's going on at the Hoagland and the future of their production songs for New World, which had to be put off for a couple of weeks. Let's talk about that. And then we sail the seven seas to the Bermuda Triangle at the bottom of the bargain bin of Two-Headed Shark Attack. But first, Way Out Wednesday. Hello, everybody. I am Kevin. Were you Were you singing there? Hello, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. I'm Mike. Can... I'm
0: Mike, and it's, uh, this it's is... Way Out Way Wednesday. Way Out Wednesday. And we just realized you can call it WOW for sure. Yeah, you call it WOW. Because it's going to WOW and amaze you, these news stories that you probably have not heard of because they haven't been covered enough in the media. That's why we bring them to you in Way Out Wednesday.
1: Yes, we do. Wow. 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 So here is uh, the first story we have is a... Uh, one of the classic blenders here. Uh, we have uh, this author, John Boyne. Now he is uh, he has written some, you know, very incredible serious work, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Um, can, can I
0: can I admit something real quick? Yeah. I'm not much of a reader. So, okay. So the name is not familiar, but I'm interested to see how he screwed things up.
1: So this is so this is what he did. Um, so. He he had this amazing five star book that he put forward called "A Traveler at the Gates of Wisdom."
0: Oh, that seems very pretentious. It yeah. I, I I want to see him fall on his petard.
1: Well, this is, well, so this is what's gonna happen. Nice. So this is what's gonna happen here. Uh, he he, th- there was uh, an ingredient that he put in for something in his book. And the ingredient just so happens to be something he took from the Legend of Zelda game Breath of Wild on the Nintendo Switch. How dare you steal <laughs> from Link, sir? Yeah, yeah. You know how
0: many hours many of us of a certain generation spent trying to find the correct spells and castles and everything else? Yeah. Can you go and steal from Link like that? That's ridiculous. Shameful.
1: He had uh, uh, a... <laughs> Octorok? Octoroks, you know, little things that shoot out... Shoot out rocks.
0: Yeah, yeah, the octa rock. The the oct. <laughs> I love how that's just great. I love how he says it was an homage.
1: It's an homage. It's-
0: I didn't steal anything. It was a total homage. It was. It was a
1: homage. Yeah, as it were. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, man. man. So, it, you know, he's like, oh, LOL. It's kind of hilarious. I'm totally willing to own it. Something tells me I'll be telling this antidote on stage for many years to come. Well, at you least
0: know. he's got. At least he understands that he stole from Link, and he's <laughs> willing to say, hey, I messed up, and it's time to move forward. Yeah. I wish more people were like that.
1: Yes, which brings us to our next person. Boy, boy howdy. You know something.
0: <laughs> now, for this story... Sensitive ears. What we're actually okay. saying uh isn't bad. But it no. but, but it took me a while to realize I actually had to click on a link of what WAP meant.
1: It's yeah, and we we can't repeat it. Uh, no, we really can't.
0: <laughs> unless you're giving a cat a bath. Um so Cardi B, Megan the Stallion, they're they're a couple of hip hop artists. Yeah. Uh, it's a very popular song. And some people, as with anything, there's going to be some people find objectionable there's, lyrics. There's
1: there's some there's some Whoa. pearl clutchers here. Yeah. Uh, you know, w- one of them being conservative 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 commentator uh, and uh, writer for the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro, who uh, was just absolutely beside himself that the song about sex is sexually explicit. Um, he went on a tirade on his radio show and. <laughs>
0: Go ahead. Continue.
1: Okay. What were you going to say?
0: I was going to say, has no one ever heard of, like, Two Live Crew?
1: Has no one heard of any song, like, ever? Yeah. I mean,
0: there's a lot of latently sexual overtones in music. Like, Billy Squire. mm, I I mean, come on. I think we all know what that one song means. (laughs) Let's Face Facts. Yes. Or Dancing With Myself. Of course. Well, mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) yeah. So- so anyway, Shapiro is so, upset. So, so Shapiro is very upset, and he went on this tirade on his show where he read the lyrics out loud and censored them. So we can play this for you, and he censored them in, the, in a very like, like a like a fifteen year old, not even maybe like a five year old way. If if they told him I, you can't say this word, I'm
0: interested to hear just a snippet of this because then he did it with no background music. He did right?
1: it with he did it with no background music and originally. So then
0: someone took the WAP song and put that underneath Put it Ben underneath. Shapiro reading the li- So, mind you, this is a professional musician, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, with the original version. Here is a news talk guy reading rap lyrics over the rap beat. And this wha- should be great.
1: And while he does censor out some of the words, again, this is, yes, a very explicit song, so, you know, we'll give you a couple seconds to uh, stop, list that's good enough. Here we go. Here's Ben Shapiro rapping... Wap. Wap.
0: Here are some the lyrics. You ready? I'm key Horses in this house. There's some horses in this house. There's some horse in this house. There's some horse in this house. I said certified freaks. Seven days a week. Wet ass keyword. Make that pull out. Whoa, <laughs> oh, wait. wait. Wait, 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 Okay. Okay, stop I th- it. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think we've heard enough. We got the idea. We got the idea. Uh, but I love how. He's offended by the last word, but he lets the A word in there.
1: He I, does. It would have
0: been funnier if he's got – I got a wet A word, P word.
1: Yeah, I mean <laughs> – <laughs> He's like – I. It's just so uh, – Like – like completely, because Ben Shapiro he does this like completely devoid of hyperbole. Does not un, like because this is what he goes on Twitter to you know instead of saying, "Well, I guess I just you know the song's not, for, not me, for me or whatever." He, he goes on. Edited. He he goes on later in this clip to talk about you know this is what feminism has led to oh and all this gosh. blah blah blah. And so he goes on. He goes on Twitter now again. I I must say he doesn't say any swear words in here, but this is kind of a a uh, little bit of an explicit tweet. But we're sharing it for you, the people to hear. Okay, It's amazing. So he says, I'll, "I'll do it in his voice." Also, as I discussed on the show, my only real concern is that women involved. Who app- <laughs> I can't do this. No, <laughs> who do. apparently require a bucket and a mop get the medical care they require. My doctor wife's differential diagnosis, and he goes on, and it's yeah, we like don't we don't like need that. to hear any more of that. Bas- <laughs> Take that tweet how you will, because this, uh, our. If it's not ben for Shapiro, you it's not it's for not you. It's not for you. So please, you know, he, he
0: But I but I hope he in real life censors himself as well and call when he says the P word, he just says P word. Yes. I, ho- I, I hope that, that I hope, hope that, that is a common
1: occurrence with him. Yeah. That is... Be-
0: speaking of censoring, uh, take take to story last story. <laughs> yes. Where poor Nine News reporter, Lana Murphy, pretty much summed up how we all feel about 2020. She was uh, an Australian journalist. She's outside uh, doing a live stand-up report, as they call it in the biz. And as they're recording, she fumbles her words and struggles and tells tells someone off camera, well, F my life. Mm
2: -hmm. Unfortunately...
0: That was the edit that made the airwaves, not the actual stand-up report. Mm. So everybody in Australia who is watching Channel 9 and Lana Murphy got here to say, well, F my life.
1: Yes, and they, they all got to hear this. Polo Bay home in the Macedon Ranges. He told officers he was on his way till the two. <laughs> <But here's> the... <laughs> there yeah, you go. There you
0: go. I think yep. that sums up 2020 nicely. Yes, it does. Right. Thank you, Lana Murphy, for your very cute version of F my life.
1: Yes. groggy mate. This, it's not an F word. She, she says, all right, Ben Shapiro, it's not swearing. It's is swearing.
0: <laughs> that's not an F my life. <laughs> this is an F my life. Yes. So, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
1: that That is our, uh, that's uh, this edition of Way Out Wednesday. Thanks wow. so much. I mean, yeah. Wow, it is, indeed. It wow, lived up, indeed. It, this, li- it lived up to the hype to the, yes, this week. Yes, it did. Uh, it's very excited to bring you these stories, uh, weekly. We will see you next week for another edition of Way Out Wednesday. I'm Kevin. I'm Mike. And this is Wow! 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 P word. P word. It's Shark Week! Time to shoehorn in a movie and musical near and dear to my heart, West Side Story, which is streaming right now on Netflix. West Side Story is my favorite musical ever. I was lucky enough to be in the Springfield Muni's 2015 production. The movie adaptation from 1961 is amazing, winning the Oscar for Best Picture and staying very true to the source material, not deleting or adding songs. The only thing deleted, other than a line of music here and there, was the ballet scene following the song Somewhere. If you've never seen West Side Story, it's a modern, for 1950s, retelling of Romeo and Juliet, set in Manhattan. Instead of the Capulets and Montagues, you have two rival gangs, the White Jets and the Puerto Rican Sharks. The music is jazzy for some character songs, orchestral for fight scenes and other epic moments, and somber for love songs and scenes. The original Broadway production was somewhat minimalist with the sets and used exaggerated backgrounds for the most part and let the music and choreography tell the story. The big budget Hollywood movie obviously has to do it up to the nines, shooting on location for a lot of it, and of course, traditional movie sets for other scenes, and they do a fabulous job on the scenery. How does the movie change the music for the adaptation though? The answer is very little. A few songs are rearranged to make thematic sense for the movie, putting all the upbeat songs in the first half, such as I Feel Pretty, taking place before the Rumble, where Riff and Bernardo are killed. The goofy, yet still relevant, G-Officer Krupke is moved from near the end to a place in the first act where cool would be, a song where the Jets are making sure to, well, not lose their cool, before the rumble. Now, near the end, they don't want each other to lose their cool around the cops or others. Speaking of cool, the movie's amazing choreography is left entirely intact, aside from the aforementioned ballet scene, which is great because the music is written in such a way that it's timed to the choreography and or vice versa. The prologue's dancing is beefed up and the music from the ballet is actually incorporated into it. The dance of the gym is all exactly how it would have been on stage, except for Rift tumbling, which rift Tamblyn Russ Tamblin added himself. And Cool, despite being moved to much later in a different location, is exactly the same. If you know Romeo and Juliet, which if you don't... Oh, come on. You know how the plot of it will play out. But the ending's a little different. Instead of both characters killing themselves, Tony is shot, albeit after him screaming that he wants to die because he thinks Maria is dead. Since he thinks she's dead, it's similar in that aspect. And Maria threatens to kill everyone surrounding them before shooting herself. She ultimately doesn't, but... The Jets and Sharks both carry Tony's body off-camera, or what would be off-stage in the show. This is a truly wonderful adaptation of an amazing musical. If you haven't seen it or just know the jokes of, ah, this is just tough guys snapping, (laughs) whatever, then give it a shot, because I really think you will enjoy it. This is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment, News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY, checking in once again with Gus Gordon with a couple... Things happening off the Hoagland. How you doing, Gus?
2: Kevin, I am as good as can be expected at the moment, given the circumstances. How about you? Yeah,
1: I'm. am doing. I'm doing pretty good. About you know, good. it's Similar, good. I guess. Um,
2: so yeah, we're all just in this weird holding pattern right now, and yeah. uh, just trying to keep on keeping on.
1: Hmm. I hear you. The uh, so, I last when I last spoke with you, and I also spoke with Justin Carter recently. Um, right. The uh, you guys were planning to do the Jason Robert Brown songs for New World, uh, which would have been coming up in a couple of weeks here. But um, unfortunately, right. uh, that has had to be postponed. Talk to a little bit, a little bit more about that.
2: Sure. Well, um, you know, we, we knew this would be a test run of trying to do something. And um, when we started the process, we were ending phase three and moving into phase four when things were looking optimistic. And then, unfortunately, in Sangamon County, the cases for pos- positive COVID cases, as you well know, has been on the rise. And uh, one of our performers, um, well, actually, it was Justin. He's, he's announced that, so I'm not uh, telling any tales here. Uh, he announced it on the news that he had a, um, a, a coworker who had tested positive or I don't know if it was a coworker necessarily, but a person he had been in contact with who tested positive. And when we learned that, we just had to grind everything to a halt just for everyone's safety. Fortunately, he's been tested three times now. He's been negative each time. Uh, he's just about done with his quarantine. I think tomorrow's his last, or the Friday, uh, the 14th is his last day for quarantine. And then we're going to regroup and uh, try to put this thing back together. We'll just have to have a, a different date because we lost a lot of rehearsal time. But it just really illustrates how fragile everything is. You can have the best of intentions, and you can be taking all the precautions that you know how to take, but then life just keeps showing us that it keeps throwing curveballs at us, and we just have to adapt and be flexible and be fluid. And uh, so we didn't cancel. We just postponed. And our our plan right now, um, we're going to regroup, once Justin has given the all clear and everyone else has been tested, even I've gone and gotten tested just mm-hmm. to just to see what the process was like. And I had really limited uh, contact. Um, we just I, I passed up a T-shirt to him mm-hmm. one day, um, but I thought you know better safe than sorry, so I let a week go by and then I went to Walgreens and did the rapid testing. Um, everything's fine. I'm negative. Uh, no nothing going on. So. I was just trying to be overly precautious and more than that to see what the process was like. If I'm asking cast members to do it, I want to know kind of what the process is. But we're going to regroup. Probably what we're going to do next is tape it first because this will be a taped presentation. It will not be live streamed just because that, as, as we have been had demonstrated, that's just too vulnerable of a thing to try to do so we're Mm going to tape it and then once it's in the can once we we've taped the performance then we're going to announce the dates then we're going to publicize it and, and sell tickets um and probably give it a month at that point um so we can really really push it and really really um already have a product that we can that present to the public um you know it's it, it's a noble experiment, but like I said, when we started the process, we were going into phase four. Things were looking up. You know, we could have groups of 50 in the facility, but we, we never really fully moved into phase four just because our building is so unique and we have so many different groups who use it. We, we just don't have the staff right now to contain that um, and keep track of all those people, so we need to... Kind of stay in 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 a phase three mode at least at the Hoagland, until we have you know better better um, rates in the in Sangamon County. But um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna plow forward with this and uh, present it. And uh, but it's just gonna not be on the initial dates we thought it might.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's good. good you know, taking the precautions and you know making sure because you know you don't want to say well you know we're close enough. Let's just you know. Um, you know, it, you know, if this is the first, you know, I mean, this is not the first show, obviously, that's been recorded, but you know that you're recording right. it for the sole purpose of this is going to be distributed online on some sort of uh, exactly. on some sort of distribution method. I, I do have a, a question though. If the sure, if this, if if the, you know, if you put the show out there and it's you know successfully able to stream it, um, and I guess this is more of a technical, almost legal thing. You would maybe ask the uh, licensing companies right. like Musical Theater International, uh, would it, would there be a possibility of streaming shows that have already happened pre-COVID um, on some sort of service? Like, this is a production we did a year ago or, you know, five years right. ago. And uh, is, is is there, because I think definitely there'd be a market for that. Absolutely. Hey, I, we didn't get to catch this show or, hey, this is a really great show sure. and, you know, memory, you know. So, uh, is, is is do you see something that like that being possible for the Hoagland and, you know, theater companies everywhere, maybe?
2: I, I do. I do. And that is a possibility. Um, but, of course, there are some legal loopholes that you have to pay attention to. Yeah. Um, so, you can do a show that has been taped for archival purposes. Right. But you had to, in your contract, you had to pay for the right to do that. Yeah. Um, and you had to. You, sometimes people do, and sometimes people don't. Um, but truthfully, in the past, theater groups were not supposed to tape things. No. Um, so if, if you had paid for the rights to do an archival taping in the past, you can you can move forward. The catch is, you still have to apply for the show, and they still send you the scripts, even if you've done it, even if you're not bringing actors back to the theater. You have to you have to pay that upfront cost as if you were producing the show at that moment. Right. And then you would have the rights to stream it. So it's a little complicated, and and we have you know several shows that we have paid the rights for um, to to record them, and it's just kind of weighing. Well, is this a popular enough show that enough people would be interested in watching a three year old production? Um, and we we haven't come up with with that um solution yet so we're, we're thinking about it and not every show is available right um, only a, only a handful of shows are available and and two that i know fit that qualification for us um one one was the fantastics and i mm-hmm. and i just truthfully don't know if there's an audience for that online um, and then the other one was a, it was a two-person show called I Do, I Do mm-hmm. um, that I actually did with Cinder Reitzman, a local actress. Right, yeah. And it's about a married couple and it follows them for 50 years of their relationship.
1: Yeah, I, and I, I don't remember know that. if
2: there's a big audience for that online. Right. Um, we might try it sometime. And um, because the, the great thing about the new streaming service is, yes, there is some upfront cost for the, the rights, but when it comes to ticket sales, you're charged on the back end. You don't have to, in, in years past, when you've done a show, you have to pay for all the performances up front. Mm-hmm. And um, now you're able to pay per ticket. So the, their cut, their cut of the profits comes from the actual ticket price. So that's kind of a, a new way they're doing business that makes it less of a financial risk for the theaters. Because uh, sometimes if you you pay you, we have a 457 seat theater, right? And the rights for a show can be six seven thousand dollars at times, mm-hmm. and if you only sell a hundred tickets, you're you're in a hole. Um, but this way, if you only sell a hundred tickets, you're only charged for a hundred tickets. So, it's kind of a a new way of thinking about things that might make it possible. And and like I said, we're going through our our archives to see if we have any shows that might fit that qualification and then see if there might be an actual audience. Uh, Many of these archival recordings,
1: Mm -hmm. they're
2: just one camera. Right. And they're at the sound booth. They're not very good. There's not a lot of zooming in or panning. So it might be kind of a dry way to watch something.
1: Yeah. I mean, you Um, know. With
2: Songs for a New World, we were going to have a three-camera setup so it would have been much more, or will be, much more dynamic. Yeah. although it's very likely at this point that during the choral numbers many of the actors will be wearing masks just to be safe of course in the solo numbers that won't be a problem but when there are four people on stage we have to you know keep them protected so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting and it's and it is definitely a new world so this it is. is the perfect show
1: <laughs> No, yeah In that yeah that's that's a great um yeah there's a great a- aspect to that and um and I, right. I do i do agree with you there i mean you know us theater people. Um, we get you know. There's an archival recording where it's just one camera. We're fine because we love you know watching theater. But you know is you know if, is somebody gonna you know say well I, I can't see what's going on on you know uh, you know that's, I I don't know yeah no it's it, I I understand that it's um so it's yeah it'll be interesting but it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that goes forward and how um how we we're
2: really excited um because we we heard initially that all the Disney kids shows yeah. um, were going to be released. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, our, our education program has done a ton of those. Oh yeah. And you, you're, you're, you actually pay a video license so the cast members can get a copy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so we thought this is perfect. However, they only allow schools to do that.
1: Oh, okay. uh, even
2: though we have an education program, we're still a performing arts center. So we, we're not an accredited educational institution. So, we were not allowed to actually benefit from that, which was you know, we were so close, but then kind of shut down.
1: That's unfortunate.
2: You know, but as this thing wears on, and the authors are not making any money, they might bend the rules even more. Yeah. Because the authors and composers are not making any money from productions being done right now. Nope. And they might say, yeah, let's bend the rules a little bit so we can have some cash flowing in right now.
1: Right, yeah. So so we will see. I think that's uh, we will see. We will see. It's a very uh, anything really can happen with that. So um, exactly. Yeah,
2: exactly. It is in progress. Okay. We're in process. Yes.
1: Well, that's well, that's good. I also want to um talk about when we will be doing productions again, and even possibly yeah. for doing whether they're um productions people can physically go to or they're recorded. There will be a nice shiny. Looks like brand new stage. So tell us about what has been going on at the Hoagland in that aspect.
2: Well, as you well know, Kevin, we've had a lot of free time. Mm -hmm. And we've had a project we've needed, not even wanted to do, we've needed to do it for years. Our stage is so well used with tap dancing and, and, you know, big sets rolling over it. Mm -hmm. It was in pretty, pretty shabby shape but we never had the time to sand it down and refinish it and put new stain down because we always had another show coming up and we couldn't take off 2 weeks we're we're busy mm-hmm. honestly 52 weeks out of the year we're yeah. we're busy all the time which which was not a uh, bad we never problem could to take have that time off yeah. it's, it's a great problem yeah. <laughs> to have but it didn't allow us to do that so now with all this time we got several board members uh, several staff members and several of our, our great volunteers who have helped us sand the stage down. We put four coats of stain on. We put five coats of polyurethane finish on it. And now, um, someone, uh, Carrie Catten, who uh, works at a theater in the park, mm-hmm. she's done a couple shows here at the theater center, and she said, boy, this looks just like it did back in 2004. And, yeah, uh, yeah we're, we're really pleased about that. So we're we're taking opportunities with um, this time off to make some improvements in the building. Um, We have some very motivated board members who have just been so helpful, and really are kind of high energy people who say, let's really let's not just stop here. Let's repaint the floor of the theater itself. So where the seats are, we're we're um, sanding and restaining all the floorboards that are around the around the uh, perimeter of the theater. And we're just we're we're taking these opportunities, and we're we're doing it in clever ways. We're using a lot of donated material. We're working trades with different organizations, and uh, we had a uh, Ace Hardware had sponsored something for us, and we had had a, a trade agreement in place, and so there they helped provide the stain for us, so we weren't out, you know, hundreds of dollars to do that. They um, helped us through a sponsorship and they get name recognition and and things like that. And they've been such a wonderfully supportive company. And there are more companies like that out there who have been so wonderfully helpful to us, but we're doing everything we can. That's not costing a fortune because, um, you know, with no income, we have to really be careful how we spend money. Yeah. So we're, we're making improvements without breaking the bank. And, um, where you know some some things are being donated, and uh, we're, we're just tackling each project as it comes along, and we we try to find solutions on how to um, get these things accomplished. I, I'd love to love to go to all the local businesses in the area and give them a big fact check and say, hey, we want to hire you to do this, but that would not at this moment in time be fiscally responsible for us with the pandemic and being a not-for-profit so we we have to think outside the box to to make these improvements but the building is not languishing it's it's being improved um so that day when we are able to reopen it will will be ready to go at, on the first day
1: okay that is that is awesome that's that's yeah. it's i'm you know if you guys have not followed uh the hoagland on facebook or you follow gus on facebook you've you need to see what work is being done on the stage and everywhere else in the hoagland it's going to be you know it, you know it looks i mean it looks great and you know to be able to eventually see it in person like that it's going to be awesome so that is going to be exactly. very cool to see uh gus
2: exactly that's going to be a beautiful day when we can finally open the doors again and we don't have to worry about the number of people inside and we don't have to all be fully masked that day will probably be a while from now but um we're we're all looking forward to it and and um you know, Knockwood. that we'll, we'll all be here to enjoy that when that day comes.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Gus, thank you so much for talking to me again. We will do this again soon. We'll check in, see how uh, Songs for a New World is doing and right. what's going on with the Hoagland.
2: Kevin, hey, thank you very much. This is really cool of you to do. And uh, the theater community, I know, really appreciates it just to hear what's happening. And all the different people you talk to, so uh, thank you for including us in that. You're welcome,
1: of course. Thank you so much. I appreciate that.
2: All right, you all right. take care. You too. It's time for Bottom of the Bargain
1: Bin. With Kevin Hart. <laughs> it's Shark Week. You know what that means. You get to watch a man race a video of a shark. But after the unexpected success of Jaws in 1975, everybody thought they could make a shark attack movie. And this wasn't just a phase for a decade, to this day studios like The Asylum are doling out these mediocre maritime massacres for pennies on the dollar. One of the things Back to the Future 2's version of 2015 actually got right. It's fake I... but what's better than one shark attack two shark attacks even better than that how about a shark with two heads snacking on some of the worst actors the asylum could shore up today we are looking at two headed shark attack from 2012 starring Carmen Electra and Brooke Hogan Carmen Electra does fine but Brooke Hogan i was
2: freaked out by the water though. okay well when I was 12 it was that
0: I was allowed to go to the beach with my friends. And all the girls were flirting with all the guys up on the beach,
1: and I was just in the water by myself, jumping with it. Ooh! Yeah, she's pretty terrible. At the beginning of this movie... Oh, the beginning of this movie is so awful. It's boring, and nobody's even trying. The stilted acting is enough to give you a quick laugh, sure, but the setup of the movie's supposed to make you feel good or bad about the characters, and this is just nothing for, like, 11 minutes... All these hot actors and actresses make fun of each other. Hey, you're a nerd, you're a jock, blah, 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 who cares? All of these look pretty old uh, college students are on this boat for a class, but who wants to learn We can soak up the rays and catch some waves, bro! <laughs> but the shark is spotted, it takes a chunk out of the boat, and everyone jumps into action or wobbles while the director shakes the camera. Teach over here thinks the best thing to do now is to stretch everybody's legs and survey this island. It's time for me to talk about how abysmal this movie's writing is. Like, this guy makes a that's-what-she-said joke.
0: That's huge. That's what she said.
1: (laughs) I mean, that was old then. A whole lot of nothing happens for almost 15 minutes and we learn of Brooke Hogan's backstory. She's afraid of the water and sharks. Hmm. Wonder if that'll play into the plot at all. Now we're getting somewhere. These three stray from the path to skinny dip and have a threesome in the water. Two naked women. Shark has two heads. Nothing can possibly go wrong. Women freely expressing their sexuality not in my Christian sea, says old two-head. Time to head back to the boat and the shark somehow causes an earthquake and gives Teach a boo-boo. Now it's time for alarm. Right? No! We should gather our resources and ah, just kidding. Boat race. Woo! Oops, never mind. Guess not. Back to the island for another 20 minutes of arguing. And the shark sinks the boat. Something might be up, guys. So the shark is like destroying the island somehow, and crew is running away and oh my god, you have to be kidding me. I could have made this movie. Look at this. Look, watch. <laughs> And we see Star Wars Rogue One stole their ending from this movie. Carmen Electra, no! So our heroes head to this chapel to shield themselves from the shark. So as you can see, the scene is symbolic of the plight of Christians, the shark is Satan, and these people are the disciples of Jesus. The water they are in is a reference to Jesus walking on water. The cross is obviously a religious symbol, but it also symbolizes that these characters are at a crossroads in their Judeo-Christian faith. If they leave, they risk being eaten by a shark, which in addition to being Satan, also stands for atheism. They need to believe a (coughs) God... Okay, I'm just kidding, the shark breaks in and slowly eats them all. Time now is for the finale, and my god, is it a spectacle. This part highlights one of the movie's other weak points, the editing. The shark deaths are pretty bad in low budget, as is, and I showed you the shaking island, but it's particularly bad in this part. I don't know what's happening half of the time. The solution to this two-headed shark attack is to just copy the ending of Jaws with a gasoline barrel in the mouth of a shark. Uh, actually, uh, Jaws was an oxygen tank. But when it blows, surprise, they only took out one shark head. Earlier in the movie, we learned the shark detects movement, so brain blast, Jimmy Neutron! Let this boat run off and get chased by the shark. When the shark bites it, BOOM! Blows up. The end. The police come to save the two remaining. but. something let's take an honest look here the authorities will see all this death and destruction and they'll ask what went down the response is a two-headed shark attacked us we destroyed it it destroyed the island killed everyone Hmm, that's interesting you're under arrest i think that's what would happen we don't know though since of course the movie just stops once the helicopter shows up and that's the end another asylum review down okay this one is pretty bad If you can get past the first boring 25 minutes, it'd be fun to have in the background while you're drinking, maybe. It's pretty entertaining, as you can gather. So, if you can wade through (laughs) the boring parts, you're in for some fun. But, honestly, there are other bad shark movies out there that are better. So, I give this an eh if it's on, I guess. That does it for this review of Two-Headed Shark Attack during Shark Week you missed a segment hello hello anybody home you can find it at wmay.com slash arts and entertainment you can hear the full show some of the clips some of the things you might not even hear on the air interactive
0: appetite searching for a website a window to the world got to get online take a spin now you're in with the techno set you're going surfing on the internet
1: Thank you once again for listening in. I will see you next week here at 11 a.m. News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY.